Over a million patients a year are treated with respect, warmth, and compassion at Boston Medical Center. It's in this spirit of community that we offer our podcast series to you, featuring our doctors and staff. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. Approximately 18 million Americans, that's one out of every 15 adults, have obstructive sleep apnea. Many are completely unaware that they even have this situation. My guest today is Dr. Michael Cohen. He's an assistant professor of otolaryngology, head and neck surgery at the Boston University School of Medicine. Dr. Cohen, first tell us what's the health burden and economic impact of sleep apnea and sleep disorders in general, really, and how they are associated with poorer overall health. Sure. Well, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, the, the health burden of uh, sleep apnea really um, is probably not even fully known at this point. We know that uh, the, the physiologic changes caused by sleep apnea have uh, impacts on patients cardiac health, on their pulmonary health. Uh, it also certainly contributes to, uh, you know, poor sleep also certainly contributes to mental health problems, depression, and things like that. Um, but certainly we know that there's higher risk of stroke, higher risk of heart disease, uh, and things like that have, very been, have been very clearly shown in patients with untreated sleep apnea. Uh, I think you also asked about the economic costs. And, you know, again, um, those can be hard to quantify, but I mean, we all sort of have experienced, you know, days of lost productivity at work when we're tired and, and imagine having that all the time and you can sort of just easily envision, you know, the, the economic cost that comes from having, uh, you know, a huge number of people in the population who just aren't getting a good night's sleep every night. Who would notice sleep disorders or sleep apnea? Is it a loved one or is it something that you would notice in yourself? Uh, that's a great question and it can really be both. I would say that probably the most common reason that patients come to see us is that their bed partners um, or other family members, uh, you know, report that, you know, they're snoring and not only are they snoring, but it often sounds like they're choking um, or that their breathing is even stopping when they're asleep. But I've had, you know, plenty of patients who come in and self-refer and say, when I'm sleeping, I feel like I'm choking or I feel like I'm waking up gasping for air. And those are all things that can be concerning, uh, concerning for potential sleep apnea. So then tell us what is sleep apnea and who is most at risk? Is there a genetic component to this? Uh, I'm not sure that we know that there's a genetic component per se to sleep apnea. There certainly are genetic components to contributing factors. So, you know, being overweight is probably the most common contributing factor uh, that we see. And obviously we know there's genetic components to that. There, you know, there probably are genetic components, just like everything else. I, you know, we have certainly haven't identified a gene for sleep apnea or anything like that. But certainly, you know, if your if your family members have it, it's something that I would be, you know, have an increased concern that, that you could have it as well. And then, if somebody does come to you, their bed partners have told them that something's going on. They're snoring very loud, or they're tired in the day. How is it diagnosed? How is the assessment and evaluation done? Sure. Well. You know, just like every patient, we're going to start with uh, looking at elements of, of their history. So we're going to look at, you know, things like, and, and I will say here that, you know, whenever possible, having your bed partner or someone uh, in your family uh, with you at these visits is immensely helpful. Um, but we're going to ask about things like snoring, witness choking, or pausing, or things like that. Uh, you know, daytime sleepiness, morning headaches, 
Uh, these can all certainly be symptoms of sleep apnea. Um, you know, in then you know we typically will proceed to a physical examination. You know, looking at the nose and the throat. Um, you know, weighing patients obviously and looking at their body mass index. Um, these are all sort of you know elements of, of the diagnosis or of the evaluation. Uh, but really, the diagnosis is made through something called a, a sleep study. Um, and sleep studies are you know can be performed both in the hospital and more and more often are being performed at home uh, with devices that they will give you to, to bring home and hook up yourself and then return the next day. Um, and those devices measure, you know, a wide number of things. Um, they're measuring uh, brain waves, they're measuring oxygen levels, they're measuring the efforts at inspiration and things like that. And that's really our, our gold standard definitive test uh, to diagnose sleep apnea. So if you have diagnosed it, Dr. Cohen, we've all heard about CPAP, but today we're talking about Inspire Therapy or Upper Airway Stimulation. Tell us what that is and how is it different from CPAP? So CPAP for a long time has been our gold standard treatment and still is our gold standard treatment for sleep app. Um, but, you know, there's a not insignificant percentage of patients who for any number of reasons do not tolerate their CPAP well. And so for years, we've been searching for other treatments, and there are many other surgeries that we offer patients, uh, which have really kind of variable effectiveness. Uh, and Inspire Therapy uh, is a device that was uh, recently developed and was approved by the FDA initially in 2014. And this is a nerve stimulator. Um, and uh, what this is, is it's a, it's a implanted device that is attached to the nerve that moves your tongue forward. Uh, and this is a device that you actually turn on at night with a remote control. And when it is on, it senses when you are taking a breath in. And that, that's the, the sensing lead that, that notices that you're taking a breath in triggers a, the device to send a signal to the nerve that controls the tongue, and it causes the, trunk, the tongue to move slightly forward in the mouth, opening up what's called the retrolingual, or the space behind the tongue, and allowing air to pass more freely. Uh, and then you would sleep, you know, once you sleep, slept through the night and you're awake, you simply turn the device off and go about your day, and it's not doing anything to you then, and then the next night you turn it on again. Wow, it does sound so much easier, and, and I understand you when you say there's an adherence and compliance issue with CPAP. So what are you hearing about the Inspire therapy? What is the patient satisfaction, you know, information? Sure. So the patient satisfaction uh, has really been, uh, been excellent. Um, the, uh, the manufacturing company uh, is actually compiling a large registry of patients who have had this device implanted, uh, and they've begun publishing uh, the outcomes from that registry, uh, and the outcomes have been really very good. And we now are we now have five year outcomes for a, a pretty sizable number of people. So this isn't just short term thing. We know that it has a durable effect. Uh, and in the most recent uh, publications from that registry. 91% of patients were either strongly satisfied or satisfied with their device, and 90% of them preferred it to their CPAP. Wow. So that's pretty good patient satisfaction. Now, what about insurance coverage? Are they, are they recognizing this? 
They are. Uh, insurance coverage is, is definitely something that we are always working with, but we um, have had good success in getting it covered by insurance. It sometimes takes a little bit of effort, but we are happy to make that effort for our patients. And can anybody use it, doctor? I mean, is there certain people who might not be a candidate for it? There are people who are not candidates for it, so it's not approved for everyone with sleep apnea. Your uh, sleep apnea has to fall within a certain range. So when you have a sleep study performed, you're given a score, and that score has to fall within a certain range uh, for you to be a candidate for the device. Uh, Additionally, you can't be uh, too overweight. You have to have a body mass index of under 33, uh, which is, you know, is a challenge for some of our patients. Uh, but we're happy to ha- you know, work with you and work, we work with the nutrition team in helping our patients lose weight to meet that goal if they're not there when we see them initially. Uh, and there, there are certain elements of uh, your anatomy that have to be amenable to treatment with the device. So it's not just for anyone. So the first step in evaluating patients once they meet the other criteria is that we do something called a diagnostic sleep endoscopy where we actually take you to the operating room and put you to sleep, but keep you breathing on your own. And we look down your throat with a camera and look at what's going on in your airway when you're sleeping, when you're sleeping that's causing the sleep apnea. Where are you having obstruction? What parts of the throat are involved? And we have to make sure that obviously the device is going to target the area that is causing any specific patient their problem. Uh, so that's the, you know, the, the necessary hurdle to get over. And most patients, about 80% of patients after that sleep endoscopy, do remain candidates for the device. About 20% of them, we find that their obstruction just is not amenable to treatment with it. And then we can move on to other options as well. Then wrap it up for us with your best advice for recognizing and possibly preventing sleep apnea, any lifestyle or behavior modifications you would like to offer the listeners, and also what you would like them to know about Inspire Therapy or Upper Airway Stimulation for Sleep Apnea? Sure. Well, I think the thing to uh, to take away is that, you know, anyone who snores or has disrupted sleep uh, should at least talk to their doctor about the possibility that they could have sleep apnea and consider an evaluation, either going directly to uh, a sleep physician to have a sleep study performed, or going to see an otolaryngologist for an evaluation uh, for sleep apnea. And then there are a wide range of treatments for sleep apnea, uh, ranging from simple positional sleep and weight loss, to using a CPAP, to a number of different surgeries, of which Inspire is one, and it is our newest one. And it is exciting because it is a good option for many of our patients who fail to who, who use the CPAP and who don't have other good surgical options available to them. Thank you so much, Dr. Cohen, for being with us today and for sharing this new technology, a relatively new technology, for people that might not be comfortable with a CPAP and explaining sleep apnea for us. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. For more information, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.